Welcome to Greenwood Forest, a podcast for those concerned about the war on Advent. What does Advent mean to you, Jay? It, it's a period of anticipation and uh, waiting and uh, for new hope. Anybody else? Christ has come. Christ will come again. Came to ask, what does Advent mean to you all? One word. It means hope. It absolutely means hope. It it also means uh, more searching, uh, more deeper prayer, I think, trying to understand. So we're excited to be back uh, with you talking about Advent today. Uh, here at the table is Reverend Lauren Eford. Hey, Stephen. Reverend Wes Spears Newsom. Hi, Stephen. And I'm Reverend Stephen Stacks. Uh, and let's talk about some Advent. So first of all, for everybody at the table, what, what is Advent and why do we do it? Advent is the liturgical season that comes before the season of Christmas. Which is how many days? Which is 12 12. days long. 12 (laughs) days of Christmas. Um, And Advent is a time similar to the time of Lent before Easter, uh, a time of preparation for the high season of Christmas where we, um, we think about uh, the themes of waiting and longing uh, for the kingdom of God to come. Uh, we think about waiting for the Christ child to come, and we kind of intentionally enter into a time of preparation and repentance uh, in order to better um, receive uh, that mystery when it comes at Christmas. Advent's weird, right? Because it feels like you're at the beginning and at the end at the same time. Mm. We're waiting for the the baby Jesus to come, who we know has already come, right? But we're also waiting for, for Christ to come back again um, and to bring the kingdom of earth, bring the kingdom of God to earth. And Advent starts the Christian year, right? That's why it's also a beginning, too. Because yeah. we, we don't start the Christian year on New Year's Day. Like, it starts on whenever is four Sundays before Christmas. Or after Labor Day, whenever your, yeah. uh, your church programming year starts. <laughs> the beginning of the actual Christian year is the first Sunday of Advent. Um, it's, it's when we switch over to the, to the you know, new cycle of readings from whatever gospel we'll focus on for that year in the lectionary. It's, it's kind of when everything starts over uh, in the church calendar is on Advent 1. Um, and, and yeah, as, as Lauren just mentioned, we, we think about the two different comings uh, simultaneously, which is why I think uh, I love Advent because it's it to me rings the closest of all the liturgical seasons to where we kind of live in our daily lives. Uh, we li- we live in this in between time um, of you know Christ having come, but also this expectancy that the kingdom is not fully realized. Uh, that there's still things wrong with the world. That we're still waiting for for something for God to show up again. Um, so I think it kind of, you know, we can all uh, relate to the experience of waiting for something and having to be patient and not being unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. 
have you both always celebrated Advent or what was, what were the four weeks leading up to Christmas like when you were growing up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, uh, no, Advent was kind of a, not an entirely new thing. I'd heard the word before. Um, I think we had an Advent wreath in my church growing up that we light um, one candle per you know per week leading up to, to Christmas. But um, that was about it. It was still um, you know we kind of fully uh, bought into the the cultural celebration of Christmas that happens you know as soon as Thanksgiving is over. Um, but also kind of nodded towards this idea that. Well, it's not Christmas yet, so we, you know, we kind of light some candles and think about, you know, go ahead and start talking about Christmas, but, you know, it's not here yet. There was no, like, intentionally preparatory season followed by a 12 days of celebration uh, like the kind of traditional church calendar. Well, I didn't learn about Advent that way until college, probably. Certainly in my Southern Baptist uh, church growing up in rural South Carolina, um, it was Easter every day. Um, I don't know. There was certainly no Advent wreath anywhere. Um, and every Sunday pretty much looked the same, which is really interesting, right? Because, you know, as a, as a theologian now, we talk about every uh, Sunday being a mini resurrection day that has some form of celebration in it, right? And we really think about that a lot during Lent when we don't give, you know, we give something up, but we still uh, participate in whatever that is that we gave up on a mini resurrection day, right? So there's something to that, but there was no rhythm, no rhyme. Um, it was very much um, talk about, there was no preparation for Christmas in any, in any capacity. Yeah, I grew, I grew up in a church that had an Advent wreath. And I remember every year they would invite like new families and young families to come up and light the Advent candle. And we talked about what they represented. Um, but it was very much like you're saying, Lauren, like it was four weeks of still kind of Eastery celebration. Like, um, and like Stephen was saying, we, we talked about Christmas for four weeks, mm -hmm. more or less. Like sometimes there would be a sermon series that was all about the birth of Jesus for four weeks leading mm -hmm. up to Christmas. Yeah. Um, that there was there was not really a whole lot of dwelling on what Advent is. Like we, that was a word that I knew, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, I remember I always wanted an Advent calendar because they always had little presents inside <laughs> every single door. Um, and I also remember the day I was sorely disappointed because I realized that the Advent calendars weren't really Advent calendars. They were just about the month of December. Yeah, December <laughs> calendars. Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, exactly. I mean, my, my mom always, we had a, an advent calendar in our house, uh, and every day they would, she put pieces of candy in there, um, different candy per day. Uh, and then we also had this, uh, this thing where you, you, you know, hung a different figurine on it for every day of December, um, leading up to a baby Jesus on the 24th, right? Um, so there was, we did stuff like that, uh, in my home as well, but, um, you know, I think what's, what, what we tend to miss and stuff like that is that, again, it's really just a month-long celebration of Christmas um, rather than this kind of intentional entering into uh, a season that's meant to be uh, 
a lower season, a repentant season. Uh, it's still joyful, but it's not, um, it's not meant to be what we see out in the world during December, which is just a long, extended, kind of like put on happiness uh, season of Christmas, and you miss so much if you jump to that. Um, there's no, there's no counter push to the commercialism happening yeah. out in the world um, from the church when, when we just kind of go with the flow on that. Yeah. One of the starker like ironies for me is the Lego Advent calendar, Star Wars Lego Advent calendar that we have in our home. Um, and every time I pull something out and there's a little figure and there's a lightsaber or a stormtrooper with a with a blaster, I'm like, this is exactly counter to the narrative of Christmas. <laughs> Isaac actually tore it to shreds this year, so <laughs> Advent calendar no more. Yeah, I feel like sometimes during the Advent season when the rest of the world is kind of already celebrating Christmas, like the closest thing we ever get to actually recognizing what this time of year is supposed to be about is like Linus telling the Christmas story on uh, Charlie Brown. Like yes. that, that's as good as it's going to get, you know, that we, we, and we even tell that story early. Yeah. Or the uh, Grinch saying, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store, just planting the suggestion that yes. perhaps, perhaps something is amiss here. So, so what, what in particular though, do you think is so like what's off? about the way the rest of the world celebrates Christmas. Like, what... Like, it sounds like you're just kind of throwing a wet blanket on all of our fun. Like, <laughs> why... Why can't we celebrate... Why shouldn't we celebrate Jesus for the whole month of December? Good question. <laughs> yeah, when it's very tempting uh, to do so. Uh, often, however, our worldly celebrations are not about Jesus at all, right? Mm -hmm. Um... I think that what the world celebrating Christmas is kind of like eating birthday cake every day for all of your meals instead of on your birthday, right? Uh, like <laughs> stuffing oneself. Um, and in some sense, like, you know, I think people, um, they want, they need, they yearn for celebration, right? Uh, for some sense of happiness as some glimpse of joy. And maybe, you know, we've kind of distracted ourselves um, into thinking, oh, well, can we just forget, right? And be forgetting about all the um, pain and the suffering in our lives and in our world. Um, maybe we can numb that with holiday parties and uh, going to see Christmas lights and, um, and general dinner parties and celebrating with friends, right? Um, but when we celebrate Christmas, instead of um, celebrating Advent, we have no rhythm, right? There's no rhythm to the church year. There's no waiting. And I also think that what's really stark is there's no space, right, for people um, who are grieving, who are struggling, um, who don't feel happy, who may be able to relate to feelings of joy, um, but who are not experiencing happiness in the moment. Um, and when you don't prepare for Christmas, I also think that we not only do we not celebrate Advent, but we also don't truly celebrate Christmas, right? Um, we uh, are really bad. There's supposed to be 12 days of Christmas, um, and we're supposed to enjoy that and celebrate that. 
Um, and often, how many people do you say, oh, I gotta get, I gotta get down this Christmas tree. I gotta get all these decorations out of my house. I want this to be over with because we've been celebrating before Thanksgiving. Right. Um, and so you don't truly um, celebrate the incarnation, right? Um, and what it means that God has come and changed the world. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is is kind of insidious about the way we fall into celebrating Christmas is that um, we don't really realize who it is that's driving yeah. the celebration at times. But if you start to like listen carefully to the advertisements that you're hearing and start to think, why is it that we start we keep creeping back from Black Friday? further and further into now you're trying to make me shop like on Thanksgiving now you're extending it five days past with Cyber Monday and you know well, Travel Tuesday and I saw something <laughs> like Green Monday I don't even know what that is <laughs> I saw today that. Um, so, so I think you know and like all the all the malls and the stores that say like give joy this season you know rack up the joy was my favorite one from a couple of years ago from Nordstrom Rack rack up the joy Mm-hmm. Uh, so the subtle message being communicated is that what this is about is this is about buying things for people, for each other, you know, consuming things. And we don't, we don't, and that's why we have to start after Halloween sometimes, but definitely by Thanksgiving day, you better be ready because the people driving it are people who want you to shop. Right. Right. They want as much time as possible for you to get in there and spend money. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, it's okay. We can just kind of remember the reason for the season, as people like to say. Um, but when you, the practices you're using to remember the reason the season are buying things from the, <laughs> from mm-hmm. the mall, what is it that you're saying about, about Christmas and what it, what it is really about? Um, when you remember uh, this year and all of the local news channels, they kept bringing up, like, why uh, is the Raleigh Christmas Parade before Thanksgiving? And it mm-hmm. was, like, a headline in all the major papers. Um, and their answer was, well, of course, the um, local Raleigh businesses want to kick off the uh, holiday season by encouraging you to shop locally this year. So their justification in this good of culture is that we buy things locally, right? And we yeah. uphold that and lift that up uh, more than we lift up the the goodness of the incarnation. Yeah. I'll just, I also just think it, it you know, for, for what you were mentioning earlier, Lauren, about people who don't feel the space to, to not feel the emotions that they're being told they should feel. Um, I think there's just a basic thing about being truthful that comes with celebrating Advent, being mm-hmm. truthful about the way the world actually is, mm-hmm. um, that is a breath of fresh air for people who are stifled by the kind of constant celebration that our culture pushes um, and that many churches push, right? Every, every week kind of celebration, never a time for us to truly acknowledge what is wrong in our lives and wrong in the world. And I think, you know, the church year is, has a wisdom about it with regard to that, where it's, you know, there is a time to speak the truth about what's wrong. And the lack of resolution in the world. There's a a time to be truthful about the fact that we don't have peace, Mm -hmm. but we want it, right? That sometimes we don't feel hopeful or we don't feel joyful, but 
we long for the kingdom where those things can be fully realized. And I think, you know, if you just jump straight to Christmas, then you're basically telling everyone who feels that in their gut, ignore that feeling, mm-hmm. right? I remember the first year that I think I really tried to take Advent seriously was in 2014. Like, like you guys, I was late coming to Advent. Um, and in 2014, when I was really trying to like remember and observe Advent as more than just a pre-Christmas season, 2014 was a pretty like terrible year to like try and celebrate pre-Christmas. Um, the things that were dominating the news in Advent of 2014 was that was when Eric Garner was killed in New York City by the police officer who put an illegal chokehold on him. Um, and immediately before that, in the months preceding that, that was when John Crawford was killed in a Walmart for walking with a toy gun. It was right after Tamir Rice had been killed, a 12-year-old, in the park um, by police officers within seconds of them showing up on the scene. This was just a few months after Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson, starting off a whole wave of protests that lasted for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And the the no indictment in Michael Brown's case actually came down the Monday after um, one of the Sundays of Advent mm-hmm. in 2014. Um, So I remember really struggling that year with, like, what is Advent in a world that looks like this? Mm. What is Advent in a world where there are people chanting in the streets, no justice, no peace? What is it when we're singing about peace on the earth when there is not peace in the world? And what does it mean to wait for that? Yeah, yeah. It seems like every year I find myself saying, come Lord Jesus, with more and more fervor (laughs) Uh, in our world. But that's that's it, though. That's that's the the sentiment that Advent is meant to lead us into is this uh, understanding that we live in uh, a time when we acknowledge that Christ has come and that Christ won victory over death and the resurrection and we we kind of we we know that we believe that but we look around and see that it's not that things aren't right and so we you know we are given the space to to voice that come lord jesus this is not the way things are supposed to be everything we've been talking about too just reminds me like that the world really like our capitalistic society has made Christmas into a celebration that can't be celebrated by those people who the first Christmas would have really mattered for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you won't find your uh, your shepherds buying, you know, all the luxury cars that you see commercials for. Uh, you know, the shepherds of our day aren't, aren't buying their spouse a Lexus for no. Christmas. Mm-hmm. busy getting ready for Christmas, um, but I also think that Advent's the beginning of the time to start preparing our hearts and minds for what the real meaning of Christmas is, not just buying presents. What does Advent mean to you? 
Advent. The season, Advent. Oh yeah, we we, we are preparing for the the the, the, the Greek event, you know, the coming of Jesus Christ. So yeah, we need to be ready. Amen. <laughs> So one of the things that we do at Greenwood Forest is among all of the holiday services that are happening, um, most of those are very like joyous, right, and buoyant, and we sing Christmas carols and read um, the Christmas story and stuff like this, but we also have this one service called the Service of Lament that is a very different feel than the rest of um, the holiday services. You'll see this done in a couple different ways at other churches. Sometimes they're called Blue Christmas Services. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of other names for it. Um, but what, so what is the service of lament and why do we do it? <laughs> um, the service of lament is a service in which we do something I think a little bit beyond like a grief service, right? Mm-hmm. So grief is like an individual feeling and processing of loss but lament is our corporate um lament together right where we come before god um, with one another and pray and cry out to god about the losses that we've had in our lives and also um in the world um and being particularly in this congregation in the last uh, six years we've experienced a lot of death of a lot of our members Um, And it's very poignant to me that at this time of year, there are a lot of people who are experiencing every year their first Christmas without people that they've uh, spent Christmas with for 60, 65 years. Um, And, but I also think, you know, acknowledging to them that they don't always feel happy um, and being with them and helping them to know that we're in it with them and that we see them during this time of year and that we're shouldering this burden together. I also find it interesting, too, when it sort of transitions towards, like, lamenting for the world and those things that we were talking about, like, um, the lack of peace and the violence and the corruption and um, in our world and naming that um, and how it can feel um, even like a reminder of the hope that Christ gives us in the midst of that. You can claim it in a more real way um, whenever you lament together for it. Um, I also think it's interesting because I feel like at this time of year we are all, including the ministerial staff, right, um, rushing around trying to get ready for all of these services and it feels like a huge collective like breath um, amongst everyone where often I find that not only myself uh, and others uh, actually remember what they are grieving, mm-hmm. right? And the losses that they're experiencing that they've often, we've forgotten about them, right? That in our, you know, attempts to try to celebrate Advent and rush towards Christmas um, and the busyness that we all, like, experience this time of year, that we haven't even taken the time to acknowledge the things that are really making us sad. Um, And it just bubbles up, I think, every time during that service and often ends with weeping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I find my, every every year we go through this thing where we th- we are thinking about the service, so we're thinking ahead of time, like what we're going to talk about, what we're going to name as our lament um, in the service. Uh, and every year, I find that I'm sitting there in the service thinking of something else that mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it takes stopping and being in that moment and re actually reflecting on like what we you know are kind of driven to do at this time of year mm -hmm. to to be able to acknowledge that and then once you once you've named it and kind of noticed it right then you can also start to see the ways that it was you know causing you to act maybe in certain ways that you that you wouldn't have seen had you not stopped and said you know what i'm sad about this right i'm i'm feeling this loss uh, so it's it's always one of my favorite services of the year just because it it feels holy right even you know more than a lot of other different services because it's in that space that we're talking about where we know that god shows up right and also like naming like what does it mean now that we move forward together as a body of Christ with all these people who've died this year, right? Mm -hmm. And sort of pausing like as a staff and seeing like what that means and the lessons and um, the joy, um, the things that we've learned from people who've died in the last year and what it means to move forward without them. I think we always feel, no matter who you are, you feel loss at this time of year most acutely mm. than any other part of the year. Because it's always when that chair is empty mm. that sometimes it really hits you. When, um, when we were dealing with a lot of grief in our family in, in 2016, one of the things that um, some of those sage and helpful people who are few and far between when you're grieving, <laughs> um, <laughs> said that one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to be walking around and there are these loose boards that you're going to step on one end and it's going to flip up and hit you in the face. Mm -hmm. And you can't expect them. You can't like, you don't know when that's going to happen. You just know it's going to happen. And, and grief is going to cut. Grief has a long tail. Um, and it doesn't just kind of wrap up after a funeral or wrap up even like a year after somebody dies that it, it lingers um, in this kind of service speaks to me as a way to a way to not just kind of cope with that loss but really meet it and confront it and, and let God step into it mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something we don't realize about seasons of kind of penitence and repentance and change like Lent and like Advent is that they're not just judgmental seasons. They're also very compassionate mm -hmm. seasons that like they're seasons that recognize that our lives have been shaped by things that we don't entirely understand yeah. and that there are times for us to pause <clears throat> and reflect and say, these are the things that are, are changing who I am mm -hmm. and God can meet me in them. I just, I need to stop and meet God in them. Yeah. Invitational, right? Yeah. God is inviting you to be there, to be present. It's also too like you think about you know meeting the loss, like or the grief over death, right, right where it is, um, and because we've made Christmas about something other than what it is, it's also you feel a lot of loss around this time of year because you your family doesn't meet your expectations, right? Um, or Christmas isn't what you were told that it should look like. Um, so I think a lot of people feel lonely and disoriented because, you know, Christmas doesn't look like what it looked like on the Hallmark movie on TV, right? 
Um, and I think that the lament service addresses that too, right? Um, that God meets us and is present with us and brings us hope in the midst of um, loneliness and uh, grief over the way things maybe aren't, right? Um, yeah, I think, I think the, one of the reasons why I love this service so much is because I love Advent and the service feels like the most even though it's always close to Christmas, this one feels like the most Adventy service we do. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has that element that we were talking about earlier of truthfulness and acknowledgement that that things are not the way that we want them to be or that they should be and that we're we, like you said, are inviting God and being invited into uh, experiencing um, a longing for the world to be as it should be. That's the whole point. While that's the whole point of Advent, it's also the whole point of Christmas mm. too. And in, in micro, like the point of Christmas is not happy, joyful, like kind of saccharine celebration. The point of Christmas is that God stepped into a world that was terrible right. and that was falling apart. And God steps in in the midst of that and walks with us in the midst of that. And that's that's the truth of the faith, too. Um, And when you celebrate and practice Advent in the way that we're talking about, your your celebration of Christmas might feel different. mm -hmm. It it won't be, you know, sometimes we have, we get the comment from people like, well, I thought once we, you know, once we made it through this Advent stuff, that then, there, you know, Christmas is going to be like, you know, fireworks. Um, and I think what happens to you, though, is if you go on the Advent journey, you get that deeper, more profound sense of what Christmas means. And it's not a loud, flashy thing. It's a, a star that only a few people notice type thing, mm-hmm. right? A baby born in the back stable. Exactly. That's, that's the actual real meaning of Christmas. It's, and the celebration of that doesn't feel the same way that, you know, you might expect a celebration of Christmas to feel. And once you go through Advent, you kind of, that sinks in, I think, a little bit more. Um, the, the profundity of what it is we're talking about here. I came here to uh, ask you, what does Advent mean to you? Hope. To me, it means comfort. It it means hope. Um, In our language, there's a... I grew up with this thing about Kalisud. For years, I tried to understand what the English meaning would be because it means so deep for Kalisud. It means abandonment, Grief, uh, sorrow, and yeah, that's despair. Yeah, the Advent is a, a comfort for me from despair. The reversal, the, the reversal of the reversal of despair. That's beautiful. Yeah. This has been Greenwood Forest. Thanks for listening.